You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music. Welcome to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board. I'm Jay Mack, feeling cool like Fonzie here in St. Louis. Hey, and this is Sam Wade out in Los Angeles saying hello to all you lovely people. And we've got an incredible show, an incredible guest, Sue Payne Luther. But before we introduce her, the lovely Sue, I would just like to remind our listeners that on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, all all major streaming services, a new episode of Two Tape Decks drops every Wednesday, as well as on Saturday, a little fun thing we call B-Sides. And that's all I'm going to say. Go listen, especially this one that we got coming up probably... Uh, this Saturday, after you hear this, I, I mean, I've, I've left my guests and my co-host speechless here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sam, you want to introduce Sue? I do. Uh, hey, Jamek, I'm actually really excited to uh, introduce this week's guest. Uh, she's a singer-songwriter and a storyteller with the ability to read inside herself to create powerful uh, lyrical content and lasting melodies. I can attest to this. Wow. Uh, we're so excited to have her on the show. Hey, Sue, welcome to Two Tape Six and a Mixing Board. Oh, thanks for that introduction, Sam. That was so awesome. Thank you so much. And so great to meet you, J-Mac. Great to see both of you guys. Thanks for having me. I've listened to some of your music, and you have a very beautiful voice, as I've told you off the air. And it's always exciting to talk to fellow musicians and songwriters. We're just going to kind of get into this week a little bit about your process, um, how you write, what inspires you, things like that. Let's just start off with how did you get started singing, and how long have you been doing it? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm a storyteller, so you better sit back and relax because I got lots of stories. Um, music on both sides. We love sides storytellers of my- cool. on the show, so. Good, let's do it. Music on both sides of my family. So uh, my mom was all mostly classical, you know, influences, and my father was uh, bluegrass and country. And um, we had music in our house 24 7 all the time. Lots of big band, lots of torch singers, lots of Glenn Campbell, all that kind of stuff. And my parents both sang. They weren't professional singers by any any mean, but they uh, they did sing a lot throughout the house. And so it just kind of got my brother and I started out early. That's exciting. I love musical families. Oh yeah. Fun, fun. We were put into, uh, my brother and I, uh, my mom noticed that we both had musical talent from early, early, early. I think at three, my brother was five. My mom put us in a Yamaha school of music. And uh, pretty much I learned to play the C scale before I could write my name or that kind of stuff. But the teacher noticed, she said, "Uh, yeah, these kids actually can play music. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, it was cool. So, you know, my brother and I kind of uh, together started singing harmonies, you know, when we listen to the radio or, and I used to ask my mom, I'm like, how come I know what the note is, the next note's going to be? How come I can, how come I hear that in my head? I didn't understand it at the time. Right. But I could, I knew where the song was going and I used to ask her that. And she's like, well, it's because you can, you're, you're gifted with music. And I didn't even know what that meant at the time. But now That's I amazing. Do. So it, it was in your blood from the beginning. Totally. Yeah. Yep. How totally. old were you um, when you wrote your first song? Oh, I was. Do you remember it? I do. Um, I was probably like 11 or 12, actually. Um, yeah. we, were, we were trained classically. So I was playing classical piano and violin for a really long time. My brother played saxophone and, and clarinet. 
And so we were kind of just going through the school system, which thank God we had that because I know a lot of kids don't have that now. But that that shaped a ton of our our ear, our musical ear and just, you know, uh, appreciation for music. And so we really weren't doing any writing so much. But then yeah. as soon as I kind of got a little tired of the classical stuff, you know, I love it, but I just got tired of playing it all the time. I broke out and started playing guitar on my own. And it seemed like the minute I picked up that guitar, I started writing just my thoughts. Yeah. I had lots to say. And I felt, you know, music was a good vehicle for my, all those thoughts that are rolling around in my head. Turned out I was right. <laughs> I would say so. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we want to talk about um, here at some point tonight or today is uh, uh, your your single that's about uh, ready to be released called yes. Waking Dawn, um, which we collaborated on together. We and did. I know for a fact, like, you know, your ability to, to tap into something was very apparent on that. So I'm, I'm excited to play that for everyone and, and talk about it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Why don't we jump right into the song, Sue? Um, because I think this is really relevant for, for everything you're saying about how, how music is really a, a piece of you. We'll talk more about writing this, but I just want to say is like, you know, um, from the minute that you started writing the top line for this track, I could tell that you were diving into something deeper. And I'm really excited the way that it that it turned out. I think it's going to be, or it, I'm I'm sure it's already been a, an amazing single. It'll be released by the time this episode comes out. Right. Yeah. Um, released uh, Friday, uh, July 9th. Mm -hmm. Um, so if if you if you haven't heard it, here it is, Waking Dawn.
I love the little backwards thing at the end there. That, love that track. it. The Beatlesque. Yeah, that goes a long way on this show. I don't know if you know, but me and Jay Mack are huge Beatles fans. So oh, like, yeah. any kind of backwards masking works. It does. <laughs> we love it. So the the first thing I got to say, Sue, is I love the message of that song, Hope. I see you wearing a hat that says Hope. Yep. And not, yes. to, not to tie it back to me, um, but as, as our listeners know, I, I've been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease quite a few years ago. Hope is so important uh, to anybody in any situation, but especially mm-hmm. people deal with dealing with chronic illnesses or things like that. That really made a difference to me. Uh, made, I should say that really made an impact on me, the hope. I really love that. That's what I try to live my life by hope. You can't, you gotta, you gotta keep positive. Don't get too down. Uh, and, and the world needs people like you. There's enough people out there talking about the opposite of hope. And I, oh. I really enjoyed that. That then the music of yeah. course is great too. Wow. That means a lot, J-Mac. Thank you so much for saying that. That's, that, that just impacted me. <laughs> Hit my heart. Wow. Um, I too struggle with a chronic illness, so I understand your situation. And um, I've had a, a long road of, um, you know, get recovering from the situation that happened to me and then staying positive throughout, you know, my symptomatic days like I have. So I completely understand where you're at and um, you got to keep that, that positive mindset. And some days it's hard. And some days, you know, you just, you have to listen to your body and take a break. And that doesn't mean it's a setback. It just means a recharge. That's how I Oh yeah. And now. I got to tell you, music is so healing, which I'm sure, you know, as, as, as someone who plays multiple instruments sure. and as, as yeah. a great, great accomplished vocalist music, uh, the first thing I do when I get up on in the morning is turn on music. And sometimes my wife gets annoyed with me because she's like, I just got up. Do we, do we have to listen <laughs> to Frank Sinatra's my way at seven 30 in the morning? And yes, I'm like, we do. We can turn on a different. <laughs> we can turn on a different record. She's like, "How about no records?" But yeah, yeah no. <laughs> we have reggae Sundays over here. There you we go. Love yeah, Sundays. So, ooh, I love yeah. that. Are we talking like dance hall, or are we talking like roots reggae, or is it or everything? Everything, like anything, anything reggae. It's just it's a reggae, and reggae just is so healing. I don't know. It just feels good. Everybody's in a good yeah. mood. You can it, even like when I'm cleaning the house, I'm like, it's just better when I have reggae on. I don't know what it is, but that's what we do. It makes a lot of sense that that reggae would resonate with you, and I love the idea of cleaning the house, listening to <laughs> reggae because there's such a strong <laughs> message of hope in so much of that music. Yeah. Um, it's just infectious. Infectious. And, you know, one of the the, the things that I've seen in your uh, press uh, for your music is there's this quote. that I, I just want to read this to our, our uh, audience real quick. It says, storyteller, wisdom seeker, receiver of energies. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I Get think that that perfectly describes waking dawn and what's happening with that song oh like, wow um, sam you know what i didn't even think about that i i haven't been on my site in a bit because i've been you know working on some other stuff and i just didn't never connected that wow you're right well that's because it's you and that came through in the song yeah. and i'm really curious um because i know that that we worked over those lyrics quite a bit mm-hmm. when you were writing the lyrics for this um what what place were you coming from like to to communicate this song like what, what what inspired the, the thoughts? So just qu- quick reverse, just a little bit, because I think I want to tell the, the listeners out there that Sam and I were in a class together, and that's how we met. And mm-hmm. we, were, um, we were in an accountability pod, they say. And I was having kind of a meltdown about um, the lack of progress that I was making in this class, right? I was just, it was just a little overwhelming for me because I'd never had a music studio in my house. I didn't know how to use logic and, you know, all that kind of thing. And that's what we were learning. And... Um, 
And so Sam goes, well, I'll, I'll co-write with you. And, you know, we didn't even really know each other that well. And I was like, really? So we jumped on a call and we just kind of started talking about music and what we wanted to write. And we wrote a completely different song. Do you, I still have that. I think, I think we still have <laughs> That's it. That's true. Yeah, we, a completely different song that was very indie, kind of uh, Americana type of kind of thing, right? It's a good song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a good vibe to it. But we both knew that wasn't it, the one that we really wanted to write. And the first thing that we asked each other was, do you want to write a song for sync, like a commercial, or do you want to write a really good song? And we immediately both said, we want to write a really good song. And so that was the basis of, you know, the start of, of, of our creation together, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we were determined. So after that first song was written, we kind of go, well, that's a cool song, but it's not it. So I don't know if all of you heard the just the massive that 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 track is massive and it's it's thunderous, right? Yeah. And so Sam took that simple indie Americana tune that we wrote and turned it into what you hear now. When I first heard that, it knocked me off my seat. I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> That was a serious left turn, right? I went, oh my God. And right away, I knew that was it. I just went, oh yeah, this is it. So writing lyrics for this, I knew it was going to be tough because it had to be, it had to be right. It had to be deep. It had, it couldn't be cliche, you know, I couldn't talk about the stars (laughs) and the sky and, you know, (laughs) the rain and, (laughs) you know, and, uh, I went on many walks, uh, the, uh, you know, right after he sent me that track, I started, you know, going outside and walking and getting into nature and, you know, nothing was coming to me and I was getting so frustrated. And so uh, my father, unfortunately, is uh, suffering from dementia. And so he, and he can't speak. Um, so, but he communicates with his eyes and his, his energy, like we can feel each other's energies, right? That's amazing. So I had been over there seeing him this day and, and um, you know, we were just chit-chatting. I was talking to him and he was just, you know, he's looking at me. I hold his hand, you know, so he can feel, feel my love. Anyway, I came home and I was thinking that the song was just, just rolling around. I'm going, God, I'm having such a hard time. And when I got married a long time ago, my dad said that Irish prayer at my rehearsal dinner. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rain falls soft upon your fields and until we meet again. The reason why I mentioned that is because, so I had just seen my dad. I was frustrated about the song. Like I, I just couldn't find the right lyrics and I'm digging in my pantry, trying to find something to eat that morning. And I just happened to see this can of Irish oats. And I was like, oh my God, this has been in here for like two years. And I take it out and I turn it around and there's that dang prayer on the back of the Irish oats. And wow. I felt that my dad was speaking to me in a way that only he can do, right? Because he can't actually verbalize anything now, but he was, he was feeling my, you know, frustrations. And he's like, I'm going to help you out, sweetie. And so there it was. And I seriously like read that prayer. I, I sat down and I just started feeling it. And right away, all the lyrics just started pouring out of me. And I sent the first draft to Sam and he said, that's it. <laughs> you got it. Barring some, barring some rhythm issues where I was vocally, we worked that out. Uh, he, he knew I was on the right track. So, so that was, I'm getting goosebumps over here right now. listening to this story. Oh, too. cool. Like, it was so, awesome. that is like a, a really just a, an amazing moment of something that got captured in this song. And I, I yeah. and I completely agree with you. It's kind of, now, I, I say the word magical a lot on this show because music feels like magic. Mm-hmm. That's one of those magic mu- uh, 
magic moments of music. Yeah. And you know, my dad is very, he's very determined, right? And he's had dementia for a really long time. And most, most people do not survive as long as he has. Um, and he's, you know, declined quite a bit, but the man is a tank and he just keeps going and he keeps trying. And even now I just saw him yesterday and he's, you know, he's wheelchair bound. He needs, you know, assistance for everything. And he still tries to get up when he sees me, he wants to get up and walk and we get him up and he takes a few steps. And I just look at him and I'm so inspired, like going, Oh my gosh, you know, this man just, he can do it all, you know, even in the state that he's in. And so that hope really, you know, shines through. Uh, and this song really embodied that for me. Well, you know, here's the thing. I'm sure you've heard this before, but I've read several studies and articles about how music has been used as therapy for dementia patients. Something about music mm-hmm. yeah. resonates in the brain even longer than speech. I've seen studies where people literally can't talk, but they can hum. They can hum a melody and sometimes even remember words to songs that they had that they maybe heard when they were a kid. So that's so I mean there's definitely a theory that music is one of the last things to go. It's it's a lifeline of sorts or a connection when other me- when other means fail. Right, and there's two things to that that there's the what you just said. Um my dad uh can actually clap still to music, which is nice. freaking awesome. But you know, he also can cuss <laughs> like you can't even believe. It's like dad <laughs> how can you say shit and all this other stuff and you can't say hello? Like, how do, why does that happen? And we all just laugh so hard about that. He'll all of a sudden just a cuss word will fly out of his mouth. And that's another phenomenon of dementia. They say that also, you know, there's priests that never cuss a day in their life and then they get dementia and all of a sudden they, all those words start flying out of their mouth. So there's something interesting to that, I think. <laughs> that's amazing. That what a character. I think yeah, in my opinion, is. what we're dealing with here is emotion and music is emotion. It's not, it's a language of emotion. And just yeah. like cussing, I mean, it's, there's, totally. I'm assuming he cusses when he's angry, not when he's happy. <laughs> but I think, I yeah, think yeah, that's what it is. I think emotion trumps uh, some of the other maybe cognitive functions. Yeah. And my dad has always been, you know, he's, he wasn't a musician himself. It kind of skipped his, his gene there, but, um, but he appreciated it so much. He was always at all my shows. He, 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 he had rhythm, you know, he actually had a really nice singing voice. Um, but even when he was, you know, started getting sick and, and declining, he still could clap to the music. And even now when I play music for him, he's listening and he's nice. moving his head, you know, up and down. So he hears it and he feels it. Yeah. That's, that's it's amazing. Awesome. It's awesome. That's so amazing. That, so this song is so special for so many reasons, but that's definitely one of them, big one for me, and where all that's that emotion came too. from in the song. Uh, it, wow! Like knowing more about where that came from, just I'm going to listen to the song even differently now. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. sharing that because oh, that's 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 a really again I'm going to say it again. That's that's magic. It's right magic. That's yeah. why that's why we keep writing songs. Well, right? Sue, I've got a, I've got a question for you. What were some of your early musical influences? What was it that really, like, as a kid, really got you going? And and then later on, I mean, where do you draw from? I guess is what I'm getting at. Early musical influences. So, big band got me up and moving. Every time I heard the big band, yeah, Glenn Miller, Benny Goodman, um, you know, into the jazz stuff. Uh, Mel Torme, I loved Mel Torme. Those kind of things. Um, but early big band, like like 1940s and stuff. My mom played a ton of that stuff, and that made me want to move. So that got me real rhythmic. You know, I loved I loved that stuff. Um, Tony uh. Tennille from Captain Tennille and Karen Carpenter. My dad loved Karen Carpenter. Made me want to be a singer. Both of those vocalists. 
<laughs> as soon as I heard their voices, I was like, you know, I just melted every time I heard their songs. And then stuff like Glenn Campbell wanted me to, wanted, sure. uh, taught me how to play guitar. Like I, I, every time I heard, I mean, he's an amazing guitar player. I don't think people realize what a great guitar player Glenn Campbell is. He was and, part of the Wrecking Crew. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. And, uh, you know, Johnny Cash and that kind of stuff that's from my dad's side. Um, that really made me want to pick up a guitar and play. Turns out, here's a fun fact for you guys and for your listeners, that I am a descendant of Chet Atkins, who is one of the most amazing nice. guitar players ever. Nice. Right? No way. And uh-huh. He's my he's my uh long let's see, he's a cousin, but I don't he's uh he's probably like a great cousin or something. I'm not sure how that that stacks up. But um Well that explains the music being in your that's blood, doesn't it? D- on my dad's side, yeah, exactly. And the finger picking. I think pick a lot on my guitar. And when I first heard Chet Atkins albums, my dad used to play them for me when I was little. And I said, Daddy, why does it sound like he's playing why is there so many guitars? You know, and it was just him playing. And he said, that's because he finger picks. And so the minute I heard that, I said, what's finger picking? And so he kind of explained that to me. And that's the way I started playing guitar. I've, as a matter of fact, I've never played with a pick. Still don't. Can't even, can't wow. even begin to play with a pick. <laughs> um, but I mainly figure and pick. And if I strum, I strum with the side of my hand. So it's kind of a different way of doing things. I watched, I watched a documentary on Glenn Campbell. I think it was called I'll Be Me. And this was his, about his uh have you yes. seen that with his his uh, journey with Alzheimer's? Yes. And once again, he he had mm-hmm. severe dementia. Sometimes he wouldn't even really know where he was at, and he could play his ass off. And you're right; he was oh, he was yeah. an incredible guitar player. I swear, I, I heard Eddie Van Halen wanted to sit in with him and figure out how he did some of this stuff. I oh, think I it was think in that right. documentary. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was. I remember hearing that as well. I, I you know, he was a. You know, he was a songwriter and, a, you know, obviously a vocalist and, you know, hugely popular in the in the 70, 60s and 70s. But again, I, I just don't think people really, really focused on what an incredible guitar player he was. And, and he's just a sh- just shreds, you know, so I can imagine why Eddie would want to. Yeah, when Eddie Van Halen wants to take tips from you, that's that means you're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. that's the same way with Chet Atkins, by the way, too. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, he did several records uh, together with Les Paul. Um, who's another legend, basically multi-track recording is around because of the, uh, things that Les Paul invented, let alone one of the coolest rock guitars around. Killer. Yeah. But you know, like there's so many people that would sit in with Chet Atkins just to mm-hmm. kind of, um, hang with him. Cause he, you know, I think probably the closest descendant musically that I can think of right off the bat for someone that played like he did would be Tommy, uh, Emmanuel, mm, like being yeah. able to just make so much noise and so much yes. definition and sound like more than one person what they're playing. Like, right. It's really unsurpassed. Like that's, that's amazing. And it's, 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 yeah. it's cool to know that that kind of influenced, you know, the way that you play guitar too. So oh, yeah. there's something there. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, it just, it, it was like a, it was just an immediate thing. Like, and I was little too. I was real young. I was probably like four, maybe five years old. And I just was so intrigued by that, that it never left me. And so the minute that I put, picked up guitar, then I was like, I'm just going to do what Chet does. And just, well, of course, I wish I could do what Chet does. But you know what I mean? His, you know, way of playing, you know, finger picking. And that's basically what I've done the rest of my life. So, um, but so those were some of my influence. But then uh, Chrissy Hine, Pretenders 1 and 2, made me want to be a rock star. So there you go. Nice. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah, she's she's badass. I love everything about her and her music. So, um, so those are kind of my, my early, you know, um, influences. Um, an album that really sticks out for me, uh, 
early on was Double Fantasy, John oh, Lennon yeah. with um, Woman and Watching the Wheels Go Round. Um, I think at that time that album came out, I was just in a, in a I don't know what headspace I was in, but I must have been in just a very d- uh, open headspace because uh, Watching the Wheels Go Round still is one of my favorite songs. And when I listen to it, it's just, it's it says so much. And it's, it he's so emotive there, you know, it's all of his feelings coming out in that song. And it was just such an incredible album. And, you know, at the time I couldn't appreciate Yoko Ono. <laughs> it was, a, it was yeah. a, kind of a far leap for me from, you know, stuff that I'd been listening to and I was pretty young, but now that I go back and listen to that album, I can, I can definitely hear a lot of, a lot of really cool stuff coming from her too. So it's, it's nice to listen to it again at this age and stage in my life. I think Yoko always will get a bad rap because of the Beatles thing. But the thing is, like totally. I've, I've watched a documentary on the making of Imagine, and and one of John Lennon's friends said that the words to Imagine were things that Yoko had been saying. Um, Lennon gets the credit for it. I mean, rightfully so for the singing and the music, but that but those lyrics came straight from yeah. Yoko. Um, yeah, but Double Fantasy that's a great album. That was the last one he did before he passed, and he definitely kind of went out on a, on a high yeah. note. If you, I mean, it was unfortunate that he okay. passed, but. He re- I mean, like, like I said, uh, like soon. you said, uh, watching the wheels, that's just, it just sort of puts everything life in perspective. I think, I think anybody that's kind of overwhelmed with, with life maybe needs to sit down and listen to that song. It's just about chilling out and watching life and just enjoying it. You know, what else is a really standout track on that record for me? And actually I quote a line from the song, like all the time, all oh, the time one? is, uh, a beautiful boy. Oh yeah. And oh. the line um, where he says, "Life is what happens yep. when you're busy making other plans." And and that has <laughs> That's gone... not one of the most true statements ever. It, ever and it, and that has <laughs> that statement has just you know has so much life, right? I've heard that so many mm-hmm. times from so many different people on down the line, but it's so true. You know, it's so true. Yeah. yeah, I love that album. So that's kind of my you know musical background a little bit in a nutshell, I guess, so to speak. That's cool, and you know. You have this single that was just released, Waking Dawn, came out on uh, July 9th. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have other plans for this year to be releasing more music? Like, what's the yeah. what's the docket look like? Or, you know, what are you doing to promote this uh, what are you doing for, for, uh, for Waking Dawn? <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's been a long time since I've, I've released music. And so... Um, I'm super excited to ignite my my musical career again. I'm this and this song is the start. So thank you, Sam, for you know collaborating with me on this because it's it's definitely launched me into a new phase of music and in collaborating. I never collaborated before. I've I've written all my own music and all my own lyrics for the longest time. And this was the real first uh complete collaboration I've done with someone that turned out this song just every time I hear it, I just can't even believe that that you know, that's me on there. <laughs> so, wow. It's still just I think, blows me yeah, away. It was an absolute pleasure to, to work on this track. And I'm so glad that it's finally out in the wild yeah. because I do think that, you know, the message of the song is something that will resonate with so many people. I think so and I'm, too. I, I'm sure it's been by this point the people hear this recording uh, of this show. It's been played so many times. I and hope just so. Already starting to be, to, yeah. to fill other people's hearts. So I, so I think you nailed it. I was just going to say, I, I'm hoping that we can, um, this song will have a, a life, you know, maybe in film or TV or something like that somewhere. I think, um, I think it would be really impactful yeah. in a, in a movie someplace. So that's kind of our, our goal. We've kind of talked about Sam is kind of getting that pitching that out there somewhere. So, well, I got to tell you, I, I want to pat Sam on the back here, give him some compliments because 
I've sent him songs before yeah. and he's turned them into like, I sent him like just a scrap or like a demo and, and he sends it back to me with orchestras and, and he's like, <laughs> is it too much? And I'm like, hell no, it's not too much. It's amazing. You, you make me sound like a million bucks. It's, it's probably too much. <laughs> J-Mac, uh, I'm right there with you, man. That's exactly I know how the I feeling. Felt. He's got a gift, yeah. and Sam, does, he doesn't like to, me to praise him too much, but I know the exact feeling where you send I a song know. and he takes it to the stratosphere. And then, and the great, and they say, I'm ha ha. And then the great thing is, the great thing is, <laughs> is that it makes you up your game when you realize, I mean, there have been times that I did vocals, mm. sent something to him, and then he sent me back a mix. And I'm like, oh my God, I can do better than that. And I, he, he pushed me to do better than that I thought I could do. Yes. And that's, that's a great producer. I feel like of totally. somebody who's really has an ear and a good, good production mind will make you go somewhere that you didn't think you could. Absolutely. Yeah. He's in, he's fully invested. No, I was just saying it is true. I mean, a producer, that's, a, that's one of the main roles of a producer. Um, and even I have started to work with other producers for my own stuff stuff as well. Cause sometimes you get caught, um, you kind of get caught up in the kind of the, the repetition or you get used to it. And it's hard to see outside of it and having a fresh ear of someone that's pushing it further can make such a huge difference in track. Yeah. And you know, for me, Sam, you gave me a lot of space. Like you, you were super patient and, and in the beginning I was like, oh my God, I got to get this done. I got to get this done in a week, you know? And, and, and then you were like, Hey man, no, it's, you got to just take your time. And you got to just let it flow. You know, I remember you saying that to me and I was just like, oh my God, this is so cool. So uh, that's why I'm so happy that, that my first co-write like that was with you because you gave me that space and you, and to, to really dig into the song, into the track and feel what I needed to feel to get there for the lyrics. Right. And so now the way I write is exactly that format. You know, we just take our time. There's no rush and the song's going to be birthed when it's going to be birthed. Right. And get out Mm -hmm. there when it needs to be. So so I really appreciated that about our time together with this song. It's I awesome. did too. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I think I think I think you found it. Yeah. So did you with <laughs> the track. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, well, it, it it is and I'm glad it's out there. Do you do you have other stuff coming out um yeah. soon besides this? Yep. So so the the cool thing about this class that Sam and I took together is we met a uh, uh, just an incredible amount of people to to co-write with and just to collaborate in other ways. Um, and I've uh, hooked up with quite a few of those, and um, I'm going to be having a few songs coming out from those collaborations here, hopefully in the next month. So we're just, Great. yeah, we're just writing. I'm doing a ton of writing right now, and I'm learning Logic, so that's cool. Nice. Yeah, and I got my studio set up in my house now, which I never thought I'd ever do. And um, I'm super excited about recording my own demos and and getting a lot of these songs going and getting them out there. So how many instruments do you actually play? Because it sounds like you've got quite a repertoire going on there. Uh, well, I did, uh, uh, kind of. So gu- acoustic guitar is my main instrument now. Uh, if you asked me to sit down and play something on the piano, I'd, I'd melt and fold and be like, <laughs> no, I can't do it. Uh, I, just, I just stopped playing uh, piano, you know, after, you know, after the classical stuff and violin. But, you know, if I sit down and play, you know, practice, I'd pick it right back up but i can play uh flute violin piano and guitar nice sam maybe we should get her to uh drop in on one of our sessions i'd love to have a flute on a track some point i'd love well, a violin would be cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually cool. studied sitar for two years 
with the, with an Indian oh, master. That's now right. with Parkinson's and and it's it's an intense instrument. Uh, but I still can play uh, yeah. somewhat. I play slow, which is great because I mean I've always enjoyed this enjoyed the slow Indian music more than the the real fast stuff. Although I do enjoy that too. I yeah. I mean I I'm already hearing things in my head. Good. Get let's let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> And sitar, I, I love it. So Sam and I wanted to do another song similar in vibe to Waking Dawn. So sitar would just be perfect, in my opinion. What do you think, Sam? <laughs> I'm totally on board yeah. with that. In fact, uh, buried into the track on Waking Dawn are some uh, like Middle Eastern mm-hmm. uh, drum rhythms and some. Actually, they might even be more like in the like an Indian bent. So. It's already that vibe is kind of there, and it kind of makes sense for the uh, for the theme. So yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well. I feel like this episode has the most, um, and you can cut this out. I feel, I feel like this episode has the most name drops of my name ever. <laughs> oh it's no! Don't really, cut it out. Ben. Really, un, no. un, un, uncomfortable. Yeah, I can see you. You're pulling your your hat down there. <laughs> hey, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna no, I'm gonna again, throw some more sunshine your please way. Please stop! Don't gonna, stop. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna throw some more sunshine your way because the cool thing about this song, Waking Dawn, uh, when it was played for our class because this was you know a collaboration, we played it for the class, and the teacher in the class said. He was listening to it. And I could, Sam wasn't on the call that day, but I think you were up in Redwoods or something. You were traveling, I think. Anyway, I was sitting there and everybody was listening to it. And I could see the teacher's face kind of had this funny look on his face. I'm like, uh-oh, does he not like it? How can he not like this song? Anyway, when, <laughs> when we stopped, the first thing he asked was about the strings because he thought they were, they were live. And I said, no, Sam worked his ass off to get those feeling the right way you know not not sounding yeah, like midi strings are such a bear to yeah. to arrange yeah right so that was the first thing he said and i was like no those are those are not live and he was like wow and then he goes well um you guys pretty much created your own genre on this song and then that was it <laughs> and then he was like all he was just stopped and i was like oh my gosh that is such a great compliment right because it's true like everybody yeah. that hears this song just can't really put it into a category really i mean you know it's it's meditative it's zen it's that kind of thing but it really is is it's not a pop song and it's not really a folk song and you know and i i hope you'll you will be complimented by this but i do hear a little bit of enya in it i i, I love enya i do i do hear a little bit oh, of enya yeah. in it with the the kind of the choral like the deep reverb yes. yeah i love it it's really good in fact, I might put it on my on my walk mix. When I go walking in the morning, it helps to have rhythm for my steps. Aww. But it seems like it's got a good yeah. beat to it. Yeah. Oh, I'd be stoked if it was on your walk mix. That's great. That's great. So, Sue, where do people keep a pulse on what it is that you're doing? Like, you have this song that just dropped. Uh, they're going to want to find out more about what you're up to. They're going to want to make sure that uh, that they know about your next music to come out. Where do they go? Best place would be Instagram right now. It's uh, Suther Payne. It's kind of a mix of my three names. <laughs> uh, but Instagram is where I'm pretty much launching everything right now. I do have my website, um, suepayneluther.com. That's going to be updated soon. Um, but that's uh, Instagram is probably the best. And I do have a Facebook uh, music page um, that's getting some hits. But um, I think Instagram is probably the best place to get everything. Thanks for coming on, Sue. It's been really fun talking to you. Ah, oh, you guys, thanks so much. It's been great. So much fun. Great to see you, Sam. Great to meet you, J-Mac. It's been amazing. So for another great episode of Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, my name is J-Mac. And I'm Sam Wade. And I'm Sue Payne Luther. Saying until next week, stay, stay cosmic. cosmic. <laughs>